0: to level up and friends where those of us from the video game and comic book store level up entertainment get together with some friends each week and talk about something we're passionate about uh this week we're doing the fabled frazier episode uh a long-running joke amongst several podcasts that we are involved with um but you know uh, it's it's, the time has finally become right Um, it's finally happened yeah i'm your host scott and joining me i've got a got mr hedge here
1: Hello, everybody. It's good to be. Uh, it's good to finally be on an episode of a podcast that talks about really the only thing worth listening to, which is Frazier.
0: Well, I mean, how many Star Trek episodes have we done? Like, I, you know, I argue, <laughs> argue, you know, so many. Uh, Frazier is, the,
1: yeah, the sort of the sassy sister show to Star Trek.
0: I mean, Kelsey Grammer's in Star Trek.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: and Captain, then there was
1: uh, Captain's on ship.
0: Yeah, and I was, I was about to say, um, and there was a like, what, what show was it on where, like, the Frasier car- like, cast was, like, on Janeway's crew?
1: There was an opening for, I believe it was the Emmys, uh, where they did a, a sketch where uh, Janeway was the captain of the Voyager, and the crew was replaced with uh, various uh, uh, Frasier cast members, which was really quite amusing, Yeah, because uh, it combined two things I love janeway and Frazier.
0: yeah we'll eventually talk about Ranger.
1: there's no way to combine those yeah
0: yeah no they don't portmanteau well together <laughs> um but yeah let's talk they a little don't. little bit about this the That's genesis of that. this show um i i guess this isn't a hard argument to make but it's probably the most successful spin-off of all time um you know it's fraser oh, obviously yeah yeah Frazier's a spin-off of cheers i don't even know what would be competition for it um but you know I mean,
1: maybe you get like laverne and shirley which is a spin off of happy days but there's not i mean you're not you're not going to joey from friends uh, like i, I <laughs> barely not, even remember yeah, laverne no, and shirley there's lots of them that fizzle out
0: i barely even remember them being a part of happy days like Frazier and by a smaller extension lilith were like fairly like regular cast members of Tears for a long time oh yeah um,
1: yeah uh Fraser. There is an urban legend, I I don't know how much confirmation that you're going to get from this from serious sources, that the Fraser character was created um, to be part of a love triangle between Sam and Diane. The first five seasons of Cheers are all about Sam and Diane and their will-they-won't-they romantic relationship, and Fraser was this psychiatrist who met Diane while she was at a, a Sort of a sanitarium. She was off getting a mental help because of it. Because Sam gave her a complete mental breakdown, and Fraser was created to be just this very good-natured guy who understood that Diane had issues and was there to take care of them. And they were engaged, and she left him at the altar, and he went to the bar, and he sort of never left. Uh, and the rumor was that after his story arc ended, that uh, um, Shelley Long wanted him off the show that they did not get along terribly well mm-hmm. but the writers in order to tweak shelly long kept writing fraser into episodes of the show mm-hmm. and eventually decided they really liked writing fraser uh that at least is the urban legend uh, uh side of it i've seen it reported a couple of times there's a part of me that thinks it's insane that you would write an entire character onto a tv show to irritate one of the actors but it was the 80s so you never know
0: yeah and she's a woman so you know screw her um... <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I mean, never good. There, there's bits and pieces I like about Cheers, but overall, like, I only watched it in its entirety for the first time a couple of years ago Uh, because oh. it was on Netflix. And then I was like, after that, I was like, well, now I've got a taste for it. I, I rolled right into Frasier, and watching them back to back, it's like night and day the shows to oh, a certain man. extent. And like the Frasier's, in are arguably a much better show. Like I think Frasier yeah. and Lilith are my favorite parts of cheers i mean like i like yeah. woody um you know like th- there's, was, there's stuff Woody's that's not also, yeah yeah so there's woody stuff was, that's not bad but it's like it's like um overall like the the but each show is like aiming to go for or, or like i i prefer the you know Frasier versus cheers i definitely get why it was popular at the time but mm-hmm. well um,
1: cheers is for the first half of cheers it's a romantic comedy, really, that's about Sam and Diane. And everybody just sort of circles around that central premise. And then after Diane leaves the show, because Shelley Long left halfway through Cheers, it becomes a workplace comedy. Really, it changes to, to its focus entirely. So it's kind of two different shows.
0: Yeah, that, uh, And that then stuff is, is a manners comedy. Yeah. The I mean, earlier
1: stuff is much stronger. And it's also yeah. much darker.
0: Yeah. It's darker than I think people it, the first season of True.
1: Yeah. Well, cause it's like, there's there an episode, I believe. Of, go ahead.
0: Oh, so yeah. Cause it's like, it's not just a workplace comedy. It's like a bar. So it's like the same guys being there all the time complaining about how much they like hate their wives and
1: stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it, it's sort of, it has to be dark on a fundamental level. And the fact that, I mean, uh, uh, Sam Malone, who's the main character, those of you who don't know, Cheers takes place in a bar. Ted Danson's the bar owner. Um, his character is an alcoholic who owns a bar. And there is a very dark episode, I think, in the first season of Cheers, where the entire episode is people trying to convince him not to drink himself to death. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it is a dark television program. And he and does yeah. have some dark moments.
0: But, and, he, and Sam fell off the wagon a couple of times over the show.
1: Yeah, there, yeah, there was some, there was some dark stuff, and even the Frazier character. There's, there's a, 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 running, there's an arc which leads into Frazier, mm-hmm. where Lilith cheats on Frazier. Uh, Frazier and Lilith, this uh, romantic relationship between them, being a major arc on the show. Mm-hmm. Lilith has an affair, and Frazier spends a whole episode attempting to commit suicide. Yeah, where that is the again the 80s. that was a joke on that show but it leads into what fraser becomes which is this idea that he's moving across the country to sort of try and reinvent himself after the final collapse of that marriage so it does give the show something very different it's about a character you know trying to be different from what they've been before trying to get this fresh start And,
0: and and fraser the show uh uses its history from cheers i think very effectively because uh mm. the the fallout with diane factors into the show um oh yeah uh, obviously like you know lilith and their relationship because they have a, a son over the course of cheers mm. and like so he still like is an estranged father um they use like weird little bits of history like in cheers he's on half family mentions that oh my father's dead but now that they want to use the father character when uh, Sam shows up, it's like, oh, he told me you were dead. Like, you know, like they mentioned that kind of stuff. Did you do see Frasier's <laughs> yeah. mom once in Cheers? and I don't think it's the, portrayed like any kind of way. Like the relationship is portrayed like kind of how they, they
1: know, eventually she, do she it. She threatens to kill Diane. Yeah, she shows up. She offers Diane money to leave Fraser, and then shows her a gun and threatens to kill her. Yeah, uh, so it's a it's a it's a weird uh, uh, relationship and they show a flashback version of Hester Crane um, in Fraser and present her far more lovingly and sort of in a, a kind and gentle position but as part of the Fraser background eventually you discover that Hester cheated on Martin, cheated on Fraser's father yeah. which becomes a bonding moment for the two of them. Uh, Martin and Hester were able to work through that in a way that uh, Lilith and Fraser were not mm-hmm. um, but it's there's there is an amazing amount of uh, a sort of very dark subject material within fraser which you know one of the reasons i keep going back to fraser is because it's a delightfully pleasant show to watch uh it's got people with soothing voices and fun little things happen
0: yeah also let's, let's Let's put cheers in the past now and uh, let's, let's focus oh, entirely yeah. on Tyler Fraser. So like, what was your like introduction to the series like?
1: Uh, I, you know, it was, it was one of those shows that was sort of always on. It was uh, uh, in a, it was part of that Thursday night NBC block. If you were going to watch one of them, you ended up watching all of them. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember being super fond of it until pretty late in its run. Um, Frasier goes on way longer than anybody uh, uh, sort of expected yeah, uh, I mean seasons. when I think
0: yeah
1: it's 11 seasons it goes from the 90s into the early 2000s um, so I didn't really get into Frasier until I was in high school I would say mm-hmm. um, and uh, then it was a matter of trying to find all of the early Frasier uh, there were always reruns on uh, channel 11 here in New York and there were you know, uh, eventually I found uh, uh, cheap versions of the DVDs, um, but uh, it wasn't until after college um, that I started just going through it over and over and over again in a loop, uh, where it became a, 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 a it's a it's a touchstone for me uh, in terms of media. It's one of those things where I can always go back to it um uh, and find new things and enjoyable things and it's a it's a it's a comfort food tv show for me well, what about you
0: um i watched it when it was on um so the show came on in the 90s i was a kid there's shows i don't know why this show in seinfeld my parents let my brother and i stay up and watch every week um but we watched them <laughs> every week when they were coming out and like as an adult i get way more of the jokes now oh yeah um, but like I still really enjoyed it as a kid, and I can't explain why. Um, but I because you were smart and you I,
1: had good taste.
0: I guess uh, I I'll 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 agree with that second half, maybe not the first part. <laughs> um, but you know, like I just one of those shows like it's it's stuck with me, and I I think because the show has a lot of like yes highbrow like humor, like it's not really like. The show's about that. The show's really about the relationships between the characters and just, it's more like, it is a funny show. I'm not going to try to downplay the comedy elements of it. But the show gets really dramatic sometimes, too. And I oh, think yeah. that's what makes that, that's like its special sauce. You know, like, I think the characters are so well realized in a combination with the pretty st- impeccable chemistry amongst everybody.
1: It's spectacular. It's there's there's no there I don't think there's a show I can think of where, from from the get from the design of the program where they had a more impactful sort of, uh, uh just a, an interlocking sort of perfect structure in the cast. I mean the 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 simple idea that normally you have cast members that are designed to play off of each other in being opposites. Mm-hmm. but the the idea that you would have fraser and then niles who's fraser but more Frazier than fraser is just such a clever idea and the chemistry between them and the chemistry between uh, uh fraser niles and martin just everybody works so well together and plays off so well together it's it's a it's a phenomenal show it's a phenomenal cast
0: yeah in, in my current i randomly like a month or two ago started rewatching it um not that it's a show that I, I never rewatch, but it's not like you—you you mentioned you watch all the time. Like I'm like that with like The yeah. Office, where it's just like something I can just have on in the background while I'm working on things.
1: That's my Frazier.
0: Like Frazier, I kind of like. I feel like I want to pay more attention to um a because the, the joke writing is very clever. Um, but like B, mm. like I don't think this gets brought up enough. But David Hyde Pierce is an amazing physical actor. Like oh
1: my gosh! Like he's, he's
0: so funny. Like, every little mo- movement he does, like, most of his stuff's real subtle, but then he has, like, those big, over-the-top moments, and it's... Oh, yeah. It's always good. Uh,
1: there's the, the, the opening of Three Valentines, which is a phenomenal episode, where they have these three short vignettes about what characters are doing on Valentine's Day. And the first, I want to say, eight minutes of the episode are have no dialogue. And it's just Niles Crane trying to get ready for a Valentine's Day date. I think maybe he has one line in the beginning explaining the setup on the phone.
0: Yeah, I think he does. And then
1: it's him. And then then he systematically destroys himself Yeah. Of course of the next eight minutes, six, seven minutes, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, Where he he just does this amazing silent Buster Keaton-esque physical comedy where he destroys Fraser's apartment, his own clothes, the couch, the dinner he was making. Uh, It's it's brilliant there's another great one where he uh uh it's the episode where they are uh uh, gonna get into a fight um high crane drifter is the name of the episode Mm -hmm. where uh uh the fraser has gotten into a physical altercation with someone who's gonna sue him and niles decides he's gonna go up to this guy and get into an argument and the guy pokes him with one finger and david hyde pierce throws himself violently around the room smashing into things knocking over furniture he crashes through a table in I, order I, to
0: i recently saw that one and I, I liken it more to like he was like shot out of a cannon yeah, and just it's, ex, it's explo- exploded <laughs> everything behind him yeah. um yeah it's
1: amazing it's amazing he's he's a brilliant physical comedian
0: and it's amazing he like you don't he never really didn't like. I only other thing I can think of him being in is wet, hot American summer. Like, I don't oh, and <laughs> and, and like the Hellboy, like, he's the voice of Ape right. in the first one, the first
1: one, yeah. But like, I it's, can't,
0: he, I, I'm surprised he doesn't do more. And maybe it's just by choice, maybe he doesn't, you know, want to do more things, but
1: he does a lot of theater. Uh, yeah, like that might be just more what, of he's, what he's into, stuff. you know. And there's a lot of similarities between like, there are episodes of Frasier that play like short plays oh it's Uh,
0: almost all essentially like one or two act plays like so much of the show is them just sitting in Frazier's apartment just dialogue and it's great yeah um i mean obviously as the show goes on and they get a bigger budget like they can go and do more things you know it's either usually just the coffee shop the apartment or the radio station you know the booth there
1: um yeah it's not (laughs) there aren't many locations uh on the show but it it you never get a sense that they're cramped every once in a while you get them at a restaurant you get a le, Star, yeah. le cigar volant episode or her uh or you get an episode like the innkeepers where they're trying to start their own restaurant and yeah comedy uh, ensues oh
0: we'll get into specific but, episodes later um yeah. but for now i think like uh i want to talk like so some, some of some of my thoughts going into this most recent we rewatch because i haven't re-watched it in a bit and like I feel like the Niles Daphne like infatuation should be way creepier than it is. Because it also, be. I mean,
1: academically, it's creepy.
0: Yeah, no, like I, I'm, I'm watching it with that mindset now. I'm like, for some reason, it does not come off like it doesn't that.
1: come off that way. And I don't I know it's if it's,
0: be- yeah, I say I, I, my thought on it is because I, because they imply in the first episode that like Niles is also helping pay for her to be there, so she's like his employee. Um, She's yeah. A young, yeah so it's like it's got like a lot of those dynamics but like i think niles is like as much as like pompous and arrogant as he is he's shown repeatedly to be like extremely kind of like pathetic and i and don't he, know yes. if that's a part of what makes it work slash he and fraser are constantly trying to do the ethical thing where like you don't think like anything like serious would actually really happen with well, yeah and them. yeah I, i'm not sure you know if you have
1: thoughts a lot a lot of the so the relationship between niles and daphne academically as i said is 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 not a it's not a great look for anybody involved yeah except daphne who's fine um it's it is it violates a lot of boundaries he's married when he starts to have this infatuation with her even though one of the great running plot lines of the first five or six seasons of the show are the disillusion of niles's marriage to uh his never seen Sort of proto human wife of uh, I mean, uh, Maris.
0: That's a brilliant move, by the way. I oh, love that. I love that we never see her. It's like the shark from Jaws. What right. you have in your head is like no- nothing will ever match what you have in your head. You know,
1: right, right. They uh, are, the original plan for the show was be was to introduce her at the end of the first season, but apparently they wrote so many jokes about her that they said it was impossible for her to be a real person. Yeah, exactly. They had like, written there's, enough there's stuff where the there's one, no yeah. human being that can fit. Yeah. what we've created already so we can't have her on the show she's just an impossible sort of supernatural figure and they use mm-hmm. her i think excellently throughout the show's run um the episode with the with the uh, um uh, uh with the cruise and the barracuda yeah uh with just the, there's some brilliant maris episodes but the i think the reason why Daphne and Niles never comes off as creepy i think it, you hit it is this ethical a uh, uh, sort of structure that uh, is put upon both of these characters, where Niles would never do anything that he believed crossed the line towards untoward in regards to Daphne, and Frasier is there to constantly call him on his sort of issues related to her. Mm-hmm. There's a great episode later in the run where maris accuses uh, uh niles of alienation of affection claiming that he was that it was his love for daphne that destroyed their marriage even though we know that their marriage was not great for a very long time before daphne was uh, ever in the picture and i fact, would say
0: like is probably a more of uh, a catalyst for that falling apart than daphne yeah, was
1: absolutely 100 percent. i think if daphne is not on the show it's not as good a show but i think you still get the disillusion of that marriage because uh you know it's it's fraser telling niles he sort of has to stand up for himself in that relationship the the big thing that falls apart with their marriage is maris goes missing for several days where niles has to call the police and his and martin calls in favors and they track her credit card down and she just went off on a shopping trip to new york for the week and didn't tell him where she was going yeah and then, and then demanded he apologized to her for making it seem like that was a big deal i don't know if someone just walked out of the house one day and never didn't come back for a week uh, that's, yeah. that's an issue
0: and, and that's like a straw that broke the camel's back thing because like they've shown that like she definitely because you know she was the the person with all the money in the relationship like she right. like she never cares uh, for yeah. niles like Effect, like there was no there was no affection in that, that very moment.
1: little affection they, yeah. they talk about how they had different bedrooms and uh yeah. in different wings of the house yeah uh, it, when they try and make it work again she cheats on him with their couples therapist it's
0: yeah and, and it's, it's just it's, yeah it's, like, it's, like as a as a viewer you can see like it, it was it's it, you know and like fraser brings it up too as like the audience goes like you know some marriages aren't worth saving Uh, stuff like that which of course he brings up during you know their uh their couples session like group session
1: yeah
0: um you know yes
1: which is great for everybody else there yes Uh, a great bit of
0: comedic juxtaposition you know
1: yes yes there's and uh one of my favorite running gags with Niles is him making jokes about the group therapy sessions he's missing
0: yeah oh it's like always great the,
1: uh, yeah like the fear, uh, I, I, like the
0: fear I, of commitment I, ones where it's like i can't break yeah. you know that again like
1: uh, yeah I've, I've i've already missed two sessions uh yeah. uh yeah it's it's uh there's some uh the idea that these people who so clearly are uh uh um, have a lot of their own struggles mentally um are in charge of other people's mental health is and it's a, uh, one it, of the
0: it's it's a great like example of like when that's the big secret uh that they don't tell you when you're a kid like nobody (laughs) knows what they're talking about nobody's nobody's, nobody knows what they're doing and like it's a good reminder even as an adult like these extremely highly educated people that are like specifically educated in like the mind and mental health like can have like i don't want to say like they have major mental health problems but like they deal with depression and like the same stuff that we all go through
1: yeah Um, they're, they're human beings just like everybody else.
0: Yeah, and it's great. Um one other thing There's I've noticed, re- yeah, I'm sorry, okay. one other stray observation I've had on my most recent rewatch is like Fraser is this huge celebrity but like people on talk radio like ever did they ever get that big like I know this is also like I mean, years ago a different time period. Um I know. think
1: he's very specifically supposed to be spoofing like the Dr. Ruth character who was originally a radio personality mm-hmm. who became huge. Um, but giving Frazier the sort of, like, there are people who, who visit from other cities who are yeah. like, oh, you're, you're Dr. Frazier Crane from the radio. I listen to you whenever I'm in Seattle. Like, you would remember the name of a radio psychiatrist that you only listen to once a year when you're visiting your kid while you're yeah. in Seattle. Um, but Fraser's love of his own celebrity is such a big part of the show that he, he's sort of addicted to the idea of of getting sort of the perks of being a local celebrity him being an um,
0: egomaniac is is a great humanizer i was actually just bringing that up um because i i think i'm on season six or something now where fraser loses his job like the, they, the station goes from talk radio <laughs> to salsa and he's yeah. like trying to get a new like tv or radio personality job and I was like, why doesn't he just go back to being a psychiatrist, open up private practice? If he wants to help Roz out, like he can bring her on as like an assistant or like an administrative assistant or something. At least until she gets back on her feet, you know, being a producer. Right. But like, yeah, again, he's addicted to like that, you know, people coming he up and like, yeah, I'm, yeah, you know, being like, oh, yeah, Fraser Crane from the it has, radio. It, it. it opens doors for him at restaurants and stuff, like. Mm-hmm. Um.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a there's a great episode um, where he calls for reservations at a a, a restaurant that they want to get into, and he doesn't want to use a celebrity at first, and they can't seat him until ten o'clock, and he mentions that he's Fraser Crane from the radio, and they get him in at nine forty-five, which is <laughs> a big, big accomplishment. Um, but that that episode, uh, uh, the beginning of season six, is. They structure that episode around uh, uh, the grieving process and Fraser learning to let go of the fact that he's famous.
0: Yeah, he isn't famous is anymore.
1: They sit him down and they have an intervention where he has to come to grips with the fact that he's not famous. Um, it's a, a Fraser's egomania, Niles' jealousy of any sort of success that Fraser has. Yeah, um, the the sort of uh, uh, fact that they're both. Niles deep down inside wants the kind of public acclaim and celebrity that Fraser has, and Fraser wants the social respectability that Niles has. And neither of them realize that if they got what they wanted, they'd be just as miserable. Yeah, <laughs> because that's, that's just how they work.
0: Well, that's and this, you know over the course of the show, like Niles goes through a whole roller coaster of status changes, but like oh, he's boy, only yeah. happy once. Spoiler: alert, He and Daphne eventually get together after this re- together. road, you know. Um, mm. and I, I love the way the and series, end, they have yeah,
1: difficulties.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, they still do. Like, it's not perfect, but you know, it's the first time like you to see the character like really be truly happy. Um, mm-hmm. you know, even though there's their successes and stuff throughout the show, but like, yeah, Frazier and Niles's uh rival, like sibling rivalry, like is so alive, like throughout everything. Like you said, they're always buttonheads heads for these things. Like, uh, you know, there's the episode where they're on opposing sides of this uh mental health debate. Oh it's like an inheritance thing. Oh
1: yeah. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh the episode with the with the the railroad station where the yeah, uh, where the junk sparky. Is
0: built Um in. yeah. <laughs> hey Sparky. Yeah. But like you know, Niles is it's a big high profile thing. He's uh on the on the the son side. They're trying to get their father like I don't know I forget the proper term for it, but like trying to say he's like not in health in the proper he's not he doesn't have the proper use of his faculties. So like they're this trying to we like,
1: could use Harry he yeah, got those legal terms.
0: so he can you know um basically like stop spending all of their money on like like yeah. essentially throwing it all away right. um like a stewardship yeah. i i think that's what it is but yeah, uh,
1: con- conservatorship something like that yeah uh, go- yeah crane versus crane it's a it's it's that's one of those great, great episodes where uh, and there are a lot of episodes that sort of pit them against each other in a battle of just sort of uh of snobbishness um mm-hmm. there is uh, uh, an episode wine club where both they're battling it out for the position of cork master in their wine club yeah uh, where they they are you know this direct head-to-head uh, opposition um, sometimes it's spurred on by Niles's second wife Mel mm-hmm. um, who I think is an underrated character on that show who sort of is a great chaos agent yeah. Um, for the middle of that show's run. Uh, Mel and Donnie, the, uh, the alternative uh, relationships for uh, Daphne and Niles, I think both are great characters. Oh, yeah. um, I agree. Uh, uh, Donnie is particularly difficult to hate, even though he's the person standing in the way of uh, uh, Daphne and Niles' relationship, and there's a lot of bitterness there. Uh, he's just a he's a fun he's a hopeless romantic a divorce lawyer it's, well, it's ne-
0: well neither of them like it's their fault like that they kind of become the antagonists in the show like
1: yes
0: which is why which is why they work
1: mm-hmm. which
0: is why he's saying like it's hard to hate him like you know Daphne left him at the altar like and you could tell like throughout the series like they had a good relationship you know and he's a nice guy Like, yeah. he's, he helps the family throughout it um, so we haven't talked about Martin much and I absolutely love his relationship with uh, everybody like the the core family members you know i'm counting daphne Mm -hmm. and that since they all live together um and what a what a great uh balancing act uh you know because he's not impressed by their like high standing and and credentials and whatnot um but like you you know i love when you find like fraser and and martin and to a lesser extent niles and martin like they finally get stuff to bond over, Uh, It's just, it's where a lot of the good drama comes from. Um, Yeah. And and I, uh, that's one of my, my favorite parts of the show. Like I love a good Martin episode.
1: Yeah. Martin, Martin is really, uh, because Martin is what should be the counterpoint to Fraser and Niles in that he's this blue collar, more simple taste kind of guy, but he never feels except for in the very beginning of the show where uh, the, the first season of the show, Martin is like clinically depressed.
0: Oh yeah, The character is
1: far more downbeat. He's incredibly miserable. It takes him a long time to sort of get used to the living circumstance. And for him to become, by the end of the show, I mean, he's married. He's, uh, he's uh, much happier than he was. He's, he's, just, he's a very jovial presence for most of the show's run. At the beginning, his relationship with Fraser is incredibly antagonistic. And they never fully lose that edge, which is nice. Mm-hmm. but martin is never the bad guy yeah. which i think is great for the show and i, and I think he's yeah. never put in that heavy position
0: and i think you know like i think he never really got like speaking just specifically but the, at the very beginning I, I don't think he ever really got over the loss of, of their mother um he's he has nothing in common with his sons so, like he's kind of isolated from them he has you know he has his you know friends at, at you know mcginty's and stuff you know he just got shot he's like Physically hobbled, like you know, when he's a guy that probably was very used to being like able-bodied, you know, being a, a police officer and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. So like his whole world is kind of just falling apart, and then, you know, like the whole reason he moves in with Fraser is like he keeps. They're like, you know, he fell down in the shower again. Like he can't, like.
1: Yeah, and he can't. You know, he,
0: he and he's not going to want to admit take it. Care of himself. Yeah. And yeah. you know,
1: he's he's forced into that circumstance, and a lot of those early episodes. There are a lot of very uh, aggressive fights between Fraser and Martin about mm. their living circumstance, but the the with uh, Martin's chair being this grand symbolic uh, uh, sort of totem for Martin's presence in the apartment. Yeah, that Martin, when he moved in, with Fraser dragged in this uh, horrifying chair, which eventually is the most expensive piece of furniture in the apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, but this uh, uh, this. This glorious totem that Frazier has a tendency to destroy or go after or take pot shots at um, where there's a great uh, uh, moment in I think it's I think it is the episode where Frazier uh, accidentally destroys Martin's chair yeah um, where where Martin gets to give this little monologue about why he loves the chair you know it's the chair that you he, he saw the moon landing in it's oh no the chair it's just, that he
0: yeah it's it's he actually it accidentally it, got it, thrown America, out, so. yeah, because it's that is it's in yeah, like a play. He's right. Yes.
1: right, it's an, it's a production of, uh, and then there were none, yeah, um, because they make they make they force Fraser to uh, play uh, uh, the doctor in that uh, in the production because theirs gets sick on the night of. Yeah. Um, but it's he he gets to give this little monologue about about why the chair is important to him, all of the the sort of emotional moments that happen for him in that chair what it means to him symbolically um and that chair is always front and center on that show uh yeah. um, even when they're you know when they're trying to plan dinner parties
0: yeah oh no it's it's like it's there like a monolith um yeah. got, and, and but you mentioned like that scene that's one of the great like bonding moments where like you know like they get to see things from each other's perspectives uh i love when they really get into it like i just watched uh, "Merry Christmas, Miss uh where they have to pretend to be Jewish. One of my
1: favorite episodes. Where they have to pretend Jump to be Fantastic.
0: Jewish at, on Christmas Eve. Um, yes. And, you know, uh, Fraser's dating this woman, Faye, and, like, her her mother comes in. They get into a big fight because she thinks her mom wants them to, be, like, she, she wouldn't accept them if they're not Jewish. And there's this big fight, and then they hug and cry, and then they leave. And then they kind of have the similar experience, and they're, like, crying, and, like, Martin's like, I thought we'd get to the hug by now. And, like
1: stuff we're we're doing we're not jewish
0: yeah it's really funny um
1: yes fantastic and and as
0: a episode really kind of hits home
1: (laughs) um it's uh i i that is one of my i think that's the best of the christmas episodes of fraser uh purely for niles popping out of the bathroom dressed as jesus if you haven't seen this episode that's going to make no sense to you but Frazier yeah. does a wonderful job of building all. Of, uh, Seinfeld had a, have, had a good habit of doing this as well, where these desperate elements of the A, B, C, D plot lines eventually wrap together at the end to cause no end of trouble to the people involved. And that and, is one of those great episodes where you get these two plot lines that seem to just be running parallel, just slam into each other. And at the, the last show does it. Second, a, a, and,
0: a pretty effortless job of like building on absurdity. Like the episode where oh, yeah. they buy a restaurant, like starts so simple, yeah. and by the end, yeah. like because all these little things happen, you know, like the dominoes are put into place, like yeah, the place like explodes, a car's driven through the wind, like
1: yeah, yeah car drives through the wall, through the, the, wall, fire, the like, alarms are going off, yeah, yeah,
0: but like you don't feel like this is ridiculous, like or, like it jumped the shark or anything. Which is crazy because, you know, this show is like relatively downbeat and realistic.
1: There is the, uh, uh, there's an episode of the show where Daphne throws a, a dinner party that I believe is called Daphne Does Dinner, mm-hmm. where the, the first one minute of that episode is the previous dinner party. And the dinner party episodes are a recurring motif in Frasier that, that Frasier and Niles cannot throw a dinner party for the life of them. Yeah, that if something as disastrous yeah. happens anytime they try and have some sort of fancy society function
0: like a dead seal washes up Yeah, and, dead like, seal
1: yeah. washes up on shore uh, yeah. uh, there's a fight between two caterers there's all this stuff but the first one minute of that episode is the previous uh, uh, dinner party collapsing Mm-hmm. so it sh- so it starts with everybody storming out of the party fraser's uh date slaps him and says i bet you don't even have tourette's syndrome and then walks <laughs> out um uh, a chef comes out holding two lobsters and shoves them into uh, uh uh fraser's hands and says lose my number fraser yells at niles and says that you know this is all your fault and, fraser- and niles says but you thought the flaming kebabs would lend an air festivity someone's mm-hmm. hair got on fire and as they're bickering about all of this, Martin comes out in a blue sash, in a white tuxedo, and says, <laughs> says no, no, Dad, you don't have to pretend to be the count anymore. And it's just... It's <laughs> the end of one of their dinner party episodes where all of the absurdity has collided. And it leads into Daphne saying, Well, I can, I can throw a real dinner party, a simple dinner party where nothing will go wrong. And of course she can't because... By this point in the show, yeah. she's a crane and and they're cursed they're cursed they're a cursed people mm-hmm. uh but it's they had such a good run of of having these it's like the hall of the mountain king uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the song by greed where it just slowly builds until it's this enormous bombastic thing where it, it starts with a very small and little thing and by the end of the show there's a car driving through the wall there's fireworks are going off uh, Roz has lit herself on fire. Yeah. Daphne is beating uh, uh, it is, and it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's uh, there these are uh, I mean it's it's brilliant it's it's farce it's a manners comedy Frazier really does a lot of these things that you usually only see on the stage work really well in a half hour television format
0: yeah. Um... I, we haven't talked much about uh, uh what I think is my favorite character in the show yet, and that's Roz. Oh, Roz. I I love uh, a, a she she slays every Perry Gilpin slays every scene she's in
1: existence. She owns yeah. the world.
0: Um, she's great. I love that she has a purely platonic relationship with Frazier throughout the course of the series, which is something like you still don't really see on TV right. with a grown man and <laughs> a grown woman. Like, of course they're going to wind up together. I mean, they play with that a little bit every here, now do. and then.
1: Um, they had that. There is one episode in which they fiddle around a little bit yeah. um but and that moment is a is enough to lead to i think the best scene between them where fraser sort of rides off to to Roz's house and they have a very honest uh, uh talk about how important their friendship is with yeah. one another where they 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 really are a very supportive team by the end of that show
0: yeah. And like, there's the one where, you know, like essentially Roz quits to go work with on Bulldog Show as producer. Right. And like Frazier can't get anyone to work right. Like he's had a couple of replacements for her. I remember there was um, I don't remember her name, but like she like would interject in the show all the time and basically became her own radio personality.
1: Dr. Mary.
0: Dr. Mary. Yes. That I, it came to me. It seems she said it. Um, uh, But like, you know, I, I also love that like yeah, she's a promiscuous character, but like she owns it and like even though people like give her crap, she like throws it right back. And I, right. I love that she decided to become a single mom, like, and she could do it on her own. And, you yeah, know, she, she does did. like, you know, I, I just, I, everything, I find her very refreshing, especially in the context of the time period the show is coming out.
1: Oh, absolutely. And she, they, she never comes off as sort of, uh, uh, she and Martin are sort of the very down talking, not manners politics type people and sort of a parallel to uh fraser and niles and they always talk about how Roz and martin really like each other and it's because they're they play poker together Roz goes yeah. to uh, his uh, his poker games mm-hmm. um because they are sort of they're they're working people they're common people uh there's that one uh, uh image of perry gilpin or of ross holding up i'm union on the <laughs> as, as uh, against the the wall of uh the window of the uh, the recording booth is her response to Fraser trying to fire her over forcing him to talk to somebody who doesn't want to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's she's this she's more of a working class, tough, hard as nails person, and she uh, uh, very early on in the show's run is established as someone who does not really conform to many stereotypes. Uh, uh, she you know does what she wants when she wants to, and she doesn't really care what other people think.
0: Yeah, that's uh, great. I love that. Uh, I will
1: say that when I was originally watching the show, um, I thought that the that the twist in the show was going to be that uh, Roz and Niles were going to end up together because of how much they didn't like each other, and oh, television other, told yeah. me that they yeah. that they would have to at that point. Um, Especially
0: since like Niles was very clearly like in love with somebody else.
1: Yes, absolutely. That's how
0: it that's, how it, it that's always how it goes down. I mean. Yeah. Niles and Lilith hook up at one point instead so we <laughs> saw that coming
1: a phenomenal episode of television yeah um, um, the, there's there's uh, the, the waiter that keeps serving them uh, in that uh, uh, that <laughs> hotel that just keeps coming back with the same order to the same room for different people like there keeps being
0: a different combination of people yes. in the room
1: and, and he just gets to keep saying okay, okay. and yeah. then leaving the room uh, is, is he's brilliant he's one of my favorite one-off characters in any episode of <laughs> Frasier
0: Ah, yeah, and there's so much good like supporting cast. Like BB's great, Bulldogs great. All
1: all of the agents in America. Every episode with BB Glazer in it is good. Yeah, BB Glazer is one of the standout characters. Fraser's agent on that show who who gets this reputation very quickly that she might actually be Satan. There's one episode that implies she actually has some sort of demonic powers. Yeah. Um, that, but, and she stops being Frasier's agent for a little while, becomes Roz's agent, and Frasier picks up a terrible agent who's nice to people. Mm-hmm. Um, she threatens to throw herself off the building in order to get Frasier a better contract. She, you know.
0: Yeah, oh, that... Oh, that, what a great episode that one is i remember yeah. that one as a kid and being like when he goes out there to talk her down she's like play up for the cameras the news is gonna be <laughs> here soon, you know? yeah but like she was all part of like sh- she's always got like layers and layers and layers on top of uh getting stuff of which is why it's surprising when when he's out of work that she can't find him something
1: yeah
0: um until yeah. the station goes back and back to normal um
1: right no, she's, Yeah, she a, a brilliant supporting character i like and there's lots of good sort of the the relationship characters mm-hmm. um either people that martin is dating or Frazier is dating or well really you only get maris mel and then daphne for niles but yeah. you've got you've got fun characters that pop up in relationships with other characters as well they're just interesting to have around
0: yeah um, I do find it. I mean, I know they play this stuff up for laughs, where like how how little like Frazier and those guys know anything about sports, but like he did hang out in a, in a, a sports bar for like you know better part of a decade. Right. You know, you got to figure out pick up what a, on a couple of baseball terms. Yeah. Um, I do love when Martin takes into the batting cages though, because he wants to be a good softball player for yeah
1: <laughs> uh, his yeah. son.
0: It actually made me want to go to the batting cages. I haven't done that since I was like eleven.
1: Uh, oh, so you also wanted to get hit by a machine throwing balls at you like Fraser?
0: Well, I actually played sports, so like...
1: Oh, uh, there you go.
0: I'm not, I'm not as incompetent, but I was like, man, I haven't done anything like that in a while. Plus, we've been talking a lot of baseball with the new season uh, mm-hmm. starting up, like, recently. So, I don't know, I've just been kind of in the mood for something like that. But yeah, I, I I don't know. So I think the
1: best Fraser sports episode is Niles sinking... It, there's two great... Frasier basketball episodes there's mm-hmm. niles sinking the the three-point shot uh <laughs> uh in order to win i think he he won ten thousand dollars something weird like that he won yeah. some sort of prize for doing he got randomly picked from the audience
0: i mean that's something that they do in like actual sports games like they'll just randomly right. pick somebody for like was well, essentially something impossible with like a prize like that right um
1: but there's also the episode where niles becomes a sports psychologist to right. a player on the seattle sonics
0: I was hoping and, you can bring that one up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it, 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 it's an episode where uh, by the end, Niles realizes it's not his advice that this player is taking. It's the guy thinks that literally Niles is good luck that rubbing the top of Niles's head gives him the ability to play basketball well. And Niles has an ethical dilemma where he doesn't want to support that kind of superstitious thinking, but at the same time, it's getting him access to basketball games that's improving his relationship with his father. Oh, uh,
0: The whole city like is literally treating him like a hero because he like, right, cured this guy's slump. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: He gets the fame that normally is reserved for Frazier, but Niles is sort of defined by his ethical responsibilities, which again is the reason why he doesn't come off as creepy because yeah. he gets, you know, uh, uh, he gets nosebleeds whenever he begins. No, that's which one? No, no Fraser no, that, becomes nauseous. Niles gets nosebleed.
0: Niles gets nosebleed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Each of them has a violent physical reaction to unethical behavior.
0: Yeah, which is um, great. Uh, I I think it helps helps them a lot because like in lesser in a lesser series, these characters would be extremely unlikable
1: and mm-hmm. unrelatable. Yes, and they they are somewhat unrelatable by the dint of what they're. What their uh, uh, particular passions are, um, but it it is easy to empathize with them if yeah. not live in their shoes. It's easy to figure out where they're coming from in an emotional.
0: Yeah, because they're still uh, yeah very very still very human. Yes, and I think having uh, Martin helps with that a lot,
1: uh, an enormous he, amount
0: because he also works a lot as audience surrogate or like yes, even if they're trying to do something that's kind of like snobby and aloof like they're trying to do something to like impress their father which is something we can all relate to like yeah. when they're trying like the first birthday they're out like spending each other and eventually niles gets him like his old police horse Agate's. yeah Agate's. that's one of the ones that always stood out to me as a kid uh because you know that i love the scene at the end where like niles is like it's from both of us you know Even mm-hmm. though, like it's the you know that's the one where it's like niles realizes like oh we saw how old the horse is now he's like you know it it, it brings out all these like feelings of like lost youth and whatnot Mm -hmm. Um, even though he walks around with a cane so I feel like I'd feel like that more often (laughs) yeah but it's great
1: yeah it's Frasier episodes are at their best when uh, they are tweaking the sort of snobberies of Frasier and Niles Um, And when they are exposing how the relationships between the characters are developing. Because there's a long arc line for the characters on the show. Um, Mm -hmm. I was going to say earlier, uh, there is an episode where um, Frazier is supposed to get a Lifetime Achievement Award. And he visits his old mentor from when he was at Harvard, Dr. Tewksbury.
0: Which I think and is played by Renee Abergenet, right?
1: Yes, who is, yeah. of course, Odo on Deep Space Nine. Take a drink. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, where...
0: If you guys haven't listened to our friend Harry's Star Trek podcast, uh, Hailing Frequencies, watch that and then you can take a, a drink. Uh, we'll talk about yes. Star Trek later because there's more things to talk about with this show. But anyway, yes, he goes and meets his old mentor.
1: Yeah, and he has this... Uh, he eventually breaks down where... Dr. Tewksbury forces him to treat Fraser Crane, where he yeah. says, how would you, you know, you've got these, these feelings that you don't know how to deal with, uh, uh, how would you treat it? And Fraser starts going through all of these analytical things, and have you read this article? And Dr. Tewksbury keeps saying, you've already read the article, it's you, you already know that technique, it's you, you already know this, this is you, mm-hmm. everything you can think of this person's got, why do you keep trying to bury him in psychobabble? And Fraser breaks down, and he goes because it's all I have left.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, and it's just this hugely emotional moment where you know Fraser sort of admits that he's he's been burying him his own feelings about a lot of things under this psychiatric veneer, and learning why Fraser and Niles are psychiatrists and why they behave the way they do, and why you know Martin's relationship with his wife, and all of these sort of motivations the characters have i don't know of another sitcom that digs into its characters the way that fraser does
0: i love especially like at the time this wasn't done especially not in sitcoms where like no, okay. yeah where like the characters are i feel like the 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 more thought goes into like the, the them as characters versus like how many jokes you can ring out of a situation because a lot of episodes like if you're looking from purely comedy standpoint like stall out like for the third act because they're going to be dealing with some real emotional stuff or right. or some interpersonal relationship and uh I, and but that's what ma- I, my opinion that's what makes the show so successful and why like 11 seasons is a long time for a sitcom it is like regardless of season, like uh, what era you know we're talking about like not counting the simpsons like because that's a beast that a will, whole, just, won't, yeah. will just won't die like, it is the like, leviathan like it's always sunny is is like 13 seasons or something and it's still going but like i can't think of anything else that really rivals it like most like end after nine you know which is still really good yeah but um, and
1: usually and i know there's a number of people that think that that there's some sputtering that goes on that the show sort of loses a bit of its momentum in seasons nine and ten although some of my favorite episodes of the show Oh, yes. designs
0: it's, it's, it's still good all throughout like um i think
1: it's it's solid straight through
0: i'm i'm glad it ended before it got really bad like again bringing up the simpsons like you know we talked like the reason like they had to write like a poo off is because he's like this weird anachronistic cultural relic and it's like right. hey if it was something like we'd be like if it ended 20 years and we're like well it's from the 90s like with that context but, like it's the fact that it's still going like yeah. i don't know like i it, it hasn't been good for so long um, I know yeah. I talk about The Simpsons on this podcast almost as much as I talk about Star Trek. So, like, I obviously still care very deeply for it. Mm-hmm. In fact, the last Simpsons episode we did, we did on Sideshow Bob. Because I had started Ooh. watching Frasier, I was like, it, I had it on my mind. So, I was like, hey, let's talk about this real quick. Um, yeah. It's, I, just, uh, I, I just went through and rewatched all his episodes, which is a much smaller task than watching 11 seasons of this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Although this has been way more pleasurable because there's so much more bad Simpsons than there is good.
1: Yeah, and it, I, uh, there is of course uh, the Fraser connection to the Simpsons is fairly overwhelming by the end because you have sideshow Bob played by. Kelsey Grammer you have Sideshow Bob's brother Cecil who's played by David Hyde Pierce his brother John Mahoney voices their father uh yeah so they they fully Frasierize the Simpsons uh, eventually because so people
0: should go back and listen to that episode but I think brother from another series I discussed in that is my favorite episode also because it serves as the ultimate really the ultimate end goal for the Bob character where like he has reformed and is teaming up with Bart and Lisa to stop another, you know, another, uh, an evil plan. That's not his. And then anything you do like after that, just would by nature, just regress the character, Right. Unless you go like this weird anti-hero route with him.
1: Yeah. One of the, one of the things that, one of the only things that I feel is a little sad about Mm Frazier is that various times in the show, like in the episode with Dr. Tewksbury or, one of my favorite episodes is an episode called Don Juan in Hell Part Two, mm-hmm. which is the first episode of the season after this, this two-parter where uh, Fraser goes off with this woman, Claire, who is his best girlfriend over the course of the show. Mm-hmm. It's the woman he should have ended up with, the only one that actually was good for him as a character, that really they worked together, they were great, he sabotages the relationship and he goes up to this cabin that the family owns in the woods, and he hallucinates on the drive up there, and once he gets up there, all of his other major relationships.
0: Yeah, so that, he, that episode's it's like the Avengers of, uh, <laughs> of ex-girlfriends.
1: Yes, and they, uh, there's even a great shot where he opens the door, and he sees all of the other women he's dated over the course of the show, mm-hmm. and they manage to get essentially every guest actress that had been on fraser to just stand in that doorway and wave to him for 30 seconds uh and it's it it, you've got shelly long as diane you've got lilith you've got his his actual first wife uh nanette guzman who appears in uh one episode of cheers and two episodes of fraser where Mm -hmm. he married nanny g this children's uh, when they were hippies um and his mother, uh, uh, who uh, comes back as, you know, they, they show her a couple of times for the show, and they psychoanalyze him, um, and he comes to this great realization about how he, why he sabotages relationships, because the great antagonism on that show isn't Martin versus Frazier, it's not Niles versus Frazier, it's Frazier versus Frazier. Mm-hmm. Frazier destroys himself, and when he's going after Niles, he's really going after the reflection of himself that he sees in Niles. Yeah, It's this it's this relationship, and the fact that that wasn't, like, the the end of the show, where he finally realizes, oh, I sabotage every relationship I'm in because of this thing. Yeah. Um,
0: <coughs> it's like you know, a, it's, it's a bit it's a bit about how uh, it's a bit like why like game of thrones is as popular as it is because george r r R. martin says the only thing worth writing about is the heart and conflict with itself yes um great line yeah like yeah i mean that that's you know i mean the show is also extremely funny and incredibly (laughs) well written throughout the entire series um but like yeah that is essentially like what it boils down to is is, no pun intended the heart of the show Mm -hmm. um Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we are talking about Star Trek earlier, and I think this is a season 11 episode. And I think you know what one I'm going to bring up with a uh, guest star, Patrick Stewart. Yes. But it's a episode. one of my favorite character. ones. One of my favorite episodes of the series. I, I think it's season 11. I should have looked this up ahead of time, but whatever. It, it's, it's late. It's, it's after TNG has been over. Mm. Um, so I guess he was free, but like he plays Alistair, uh, 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 a howdy toity, like, you know, theatrical director. Who's gay and kind of has a little bit of a, you know, Fraser sort of enters like a moderately fraudulent relationship with him, um, so he gets access to all this high society and like stuff. Yeah. But it turns out you know, Alistair doesn't in in partake in sexual relationship or sexual relations while he's working, and the show's mm-hmm. about to end. So they're able to kind of like Fraser's able to kind of like deal with it. You know the fact that he's not actually attracted to this man on a romantic or in sexual level.
1: But let us let us be honest. Yeah. Who yeah. would not engage in a romantic relationship with Patrick Stewart? Even I mean, though you're not physically attracted to him. I
0: mean, you just said engage. That's all I need. So yeah, I,
1: uh, okay, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you're Patrick Stewart. All right. Where are we going? Dinner? Sure. You're yeah. gonna buy me something fancy? But like, <laughs> I, I like
0: that. This happens frequently in the show, and I wonder if because of, like so much so many queer folks work on it behind the scenes and in front of the camera. But like the the gay characters in it, like whenever they do like the gay panic stuff, like they're not the bad guy. It's the oh, and yeah. in them that are the joke.
1: Yes. And well, like, when, and-
0: yeah. And like what I love that once Alistair realizes like, oh, all right. He just immediately moves on with his life. You know, and there,
1: there are a couple of gay panic episodes where it's you get the matchmaker, which is the
0: matchmaker is probably my favorite episode of the show.
1: Really, I mean it's a phenomenal episode. I can't fault you for it. It's it's uh, uh, Tom Buchanan is the is the character that mm-hmm. Fraser is not on a date with, but is also on a date with.
0: Well, that show, um, like it, to me, that's the quintess. This is the quintessential Fraser episode. Ooh, um, a nobody's in the wrong. A, it's hilarious, but like all of the humor comes from misunderstanding and like clever wordplay and like I love that the characters in it sort of start start figuring things out as it goes on but Frasier is ultimately the one that's like the butt of the joke yeah um but like I it's also got, like, now as an adult, I get this meta commentary at the end where he's talking about, like, all of the different characters. Like, you sure they're not gay? Where well, really the actors are gay. The rather. actors
1: are gay. Yeah, uh, when that show... David Hyde
0: they, Pierce and John Mahoney are gay. David Hyde
1: Pierce gay. gay. Yeah. John Mahoney gay. Uh, uh, I the guy the, that played Dan... Yeah. Um. Oh, gosh, his name just flew out of my head. Bob, Bob Bulldog Briscoe's actor yeah, it, is, gay. is gay.
0: I believe oh. there's there were several gay directors and writers ahead, had, and I believe they both both were on this one. Yeah.
1: Um.
0: But, like the show i i don't know i find that one extremely hilarious like if you want to i think it's a good show if you want if someone's potentially curious about checking this out i think that's a good one to start with cuz it also really highlights a lot of the interrelationship ca- like quirks and and things between the main cast like even Ross, to a lesser extent even though she's not in most of the episode but she is the one that kind of right. sets it off by like sort of setting him up like she could have told <laughs> Him that well, she and, was, you know, yeah. that Frazier's not gay to begin with, but like she was mad at him.
1: Yeah, and she wanted to see where that would go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's a great first episode. Uh, the episode I recommend people start with usually is, even though it's late in the show's run, mm-hmm. um, is an episode called Door Jam, um, which is Frasier and Niles uh, uh, connive their way to get an invitation to a fancy new members-only spa.
0: Yeah, thanks to
1: thanks yeah. to Roz's intervention again. Roz is the impetus for uh, the plot. She was friends with the senator, and managed you know, to get them uh, an inn. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, as they go into the spa, they realize that there's a door, a silver door, first. that has stuff that they can't get behind. And they realize that all of this lovely spa stuff they've been enjoying, that they just can't like it and they move on to the next area. Because there's
0: something beyond.
1: Yes, yes. Like they're excluded from. And I I won't ruin it for anyone because this is one of those ones that is, uh, in the end, their feelings of inadequacy, like there's another layer of society that they can't get into, eventually just completely blows up uh, in their faces and they are left in the garbage yeah. uh, but it's it's I, I think that uh fraser's is fraser is best when it is letting them destroy themselves exactly uh, yeah. and matchmaker has that door jam has that and there's lots of episodes like uh there's the club which is an episode about them competing over who will get to join this fancy men's club mm-hmm. uh, in seattle um, the, the wine club episode that we talked about previously where they're competing to see who will be Quirk Master. Um, the, the restaurant episode. Yes, the restaurant episode innkeeper uh, which is, it is phenomenal. Um, and I also really love uh, uh, an episode that I've shown to a lot of people. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a teacher. Uh, mm-hmm. I have done this. I've only gotten to do this once because of how the calendar works out. Um, but on Leap Day... I used to oh, show my classes cool. an episode called "Look Before You Leap," um, which I think has the most triumphant ending of any episode. Which results in <laughs> Fraser not only getting something he richly deserves, uh, but also allowing everyone else to sort of revel in uh, uh, a bit of Fraser's misfortune. Um, some, as... sh-
0: some Shoden Fraser,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah, oh, we could categorize these episodes if we do. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot of those shouldn't Frasier episodes where the point is sort of rooting against Frazier because he's done something that we know he shouldn't. Um, The episode with him in the parking garage is very much like that, where Mm -hmm. by the end of the episode, you're like, it's clear Frazier's in the wrong, and Fraser knows he's in the wrong by this point. Yeah. But he can't figure out how to get out of this situation with his ego intact. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like, I I love that, like, every time that anyone in the show really has, like, a bad impulse—it does blow up in their faces. Like even characters like, they're pretty much despicable. Like Bulldog, like the one where he like, he thinks he he it act- becomes a hero for, for disarming yeah. guy, <laughs> yeah. but really he he misunderstood the situation and threw a pregnant Roz in front of himself. <laughs> yeah. But like Frazier keeps trying to give him like situations where like he's trying to overwhelm him with guilt, and yeah. shame, even though he's a guiltless, shameless character. Yeah. yeah. Um. That eventually like they just kind of do the uh, the Hamlet like. A false, uh, you know, it plays the thing where and like, I catch the conscience of the king situation.
1: Yes, very much. Um,
0: so. Where like he kind of does the same thing, but like they already set it up where like his mother and his pastor and all these people it, are there, and then all of a sudden like they realize that's what happened. He just, yeah. you know, he just got that like like man of the year award or whatever.
1: Yes, and and he does it again. He tries to yeah. throw, uh, uh some uh, a woman in front. It's,
0: of, his, it's his mother this time. It's his
1: mother in this time, right? Yeah. Uh, um. And it's I'm pay- gonna rewatch that episode when we're done because it's been a while since I have watched that one. It's a good right. one.
0: So I mentioned earlier, the matchmaker I think is my favorite episode. I think the yeah. funniest episode is called the
1: Ski Lodge. The Ski Lodge is yeah. I I, I think it is the funniest episode of Frasier. I don't know if it's my favorite, I, it, but it
0: I is. I watched it the other day and just like even knowing what is gonna happen, it's supposed to it got the whole way through. Like again, it takes like a lot of like absurdities and and uh, and miscommunications just like yes. it keeps ratcheting it up like another every scene pushes it forward
1: yes it is the it's the peak of that french farce sensibility that fraser has uh, uh in this in this run uh it it's just it's so well written uh i'm trying to remember the gentleman who wrote the ski lodge also wrote i think all of my favorite episodes of fraser Mm-hmm. uh i have to look up his name or it's going to drive me abs joe keenan um who also i believe wrote the matchmaker uh okay. yeah joe keenan is uh yeah he 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 uh, i looked it up he wrote the matchmaker he wrote the ski lodge he wrote moon dance which moon, is
0: well my understanding is moon dance is more of like a frankenstein's monster
1: Oh, where a lot of people had uh, yeah okay, lot, like, it was one of the eight writers that worked on that episode I think yeah
0: I think it was I remember reading something like and again I'm like you before I'm not positive on the validity of this but I think it was something like it was a, a they were crunched for time so like each writer wrote like a scene and then someone just weaved them all together but it's like one of the most it's iconic so episodes good
1: yeah it's a pheno- it's a uh, uh, moon dance is another one of those ones where if you want to understand the Niles Daphne relationship, Mm-hmm. If you're looking to get into Frasier and you're not sure, like, because the Niles-Daphne relationship, on paper it looks a little weird, watch mm-hmm. Moondance. Moondance, I think is a great distillation of both why Niles is into Daphne, why Daphne will eventually fall for Niles and why that relationship doesn't seem creepy. Yeah, Because even though uh, uh, Niles in that episode just sort of blurts out his feelings, he can't carry through with it because daphne felt like this was a fun platonic night out and she really needed to have a friend not someone who was you know romantically interested in her and niles you know he uh niles is not an incel he does not complain about this he does not he does not rage about how daphne doesn't give him enough attention he and
0: you know what i think i didn't think about that but i think that does go a long way right a lot of the traditional trope would be like him constantly whining and complaining. Yeah. Which he like
1: doesn't
0: do. Doing the incel thing. Yeah. He and does like he, he does work on other relationships with her. And like, he knows like, Hey, you know, she's with somebody I can't pursue her or stuff. Yeah. Right. He
1: and doesn't then it, and blow up her yeah. life. He doesn't do anything that is so abundantly selfish that he would, Uh, uh, harm her in any way and the only reason they get together is essentially because Frazier forces them to (laughs) to have a conversation about their feelings
0: while he's on drugs
1: while he's on drugs Uh, and and then uh, you know sort of as this as she's planning on getting married uh, forces them to confront how they feel about each other
0: and Niles is married now and
1: Niles is actually married Niles went off and got eloped got
0: eloped yeah Uh,
1: but yeah it's it is. So yeah, I think that's that is again just to go back to that. I think that's a big part of why that doesn't come off as creepy. But Moon Dance. Is but, it, of yeah, it,
0: but it's similar to that. I don't remember what's called, but it's the one where like, so Roz has like this bar which like never fails like for for someone to get a, a hookup there, and she takes Daphne and Niles there, and they yeah. each kind of get in a relationship that seems great for them on paper, but the, through shenanigans they eventually wind up there together. And they, right. they kind of, you know, so it's kind of played like, hey, maybe they'll wind up together. But they realize that like in their conversation, like they both needed to get out and about because they just got out of like long relationships. Right. And it was good to get back out on the horse and like, you know, and Niles recognizes that's how Daphne feels and doesn't try to push anything yeah. beyond that. And
1: it, it's got that great bittersweet ending where uh, Daphne sort of just as a, a sign of friendship goes, I, I love you, Dr. Crane yeah and niles picks up his glass of wine and he just holds it there for a second he goes i love you too daphne and then yeah. he takes a sip because it's genuine for him he does yeah. he actually loves daphne mm-hmm. um but it's uh i mean their relationship is one of the cornerstones of that show fraser's absolute inability to date women is a cornerstone of that show which is one of the reasons why the ski lodge is so funny because I mean, that's
0: the, the best part of the, the whole thing <laughs> that's
1: part of the yeah. whole episode uh, yeah. Is, yeah go
0: ahead everyone's chasing each other through like series of like miscommunications like who likes who um and and stuff so everyone's like kind of like going into each other's bedroom and stuff and at the end you know uh fraser's talking about like so in this like lustful evening emotions our hormones literally ricocheting off the walls nobody was chasing me yes and then it's funny because the first time I, re- I saw that, I was like, even as a kid, I realized like, oh, nobody was. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: nobody was interested in Fraser. Basically, everyone. Um, oh, well, was Niles. Going after more or yes, Niles. Yeah. Niles was everyone was interested in. And yeah. of course, the stinger is that. And one of the nice things about Fraser is they always do those silent outros over yeah. the credits, is that uh, uh, Annie. Uh, Daphne's friend is interested in him at the end but he completely misses her
0: because he's like she goes to his room sees he's not there and then goes back to hers they realize he's in the kitchen getting like a midnight snack and then comes back
1: yeah that where Frazier is cursed Frazier can't make things work uh yeah I think I think uh if the ski lodge isn't the best episode of the show which I think it is yeah I, I, I always think tied up there is ham radio
0: ham radio is also amazing as a kid that always stuck with me Mm
1: -hmm. Um, that's the one i remember perhaps the being the youngest and watching and loving yeah um for for years in my family uh look out he's got a nug was a joke uh, (laughs) where it's uh it's the (laughs) it's that is an episode where in in a very short period of time they build something up with these layered callbacks Mm-hmm. Previous behavior, uh, and and the setup, and again, that Frasier being his own worst enemy thing, where him trying to coach Niles hey. as an actor it, hey, Niles
0: uh, Niles warns him in the very beginning, like first the very events, beginning. he's like, Oh, you're cause he's gonna direct this you know radio play, and Niles yeah. is like, you know, you're a terrible director, you can't get out of your own way. Like you're yep. gonna over direct everyone and you're gonna go crazy and it's gonna fall apart. Yep. And that's and what
1: happens. It's usually Martin that gives that warning. Martin yeah. is, you know, is is both the the audience surrogate and the Greek chorus of that show frequently, mm-hmm. where he where he portends the coming doom by by just saying point blank,
0: you know, shut your big bazoo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, actually, I I know we're we're talking favorite episodes. Uh, yeah. uh, Martin uh she's such a groovy lady oh that's such a
0: good episode it's so cute
1: There, the martin attempting to write a a frank sinatra jazz standard and then having it sung at a funeral uh (laughs) for someone that none of them liked uh is one of the transcendent moments of that show frequently fraser makes use of musical numbers i think really really well Mm-hmm. Um, in the "Look Before You Leap" episode yeah. uh, uh, with buttons and bows, which is the comedic capstone on that. Um, but watching uh, uh, Martin, Niles, and Frazier write this tele write this television show, write this a uh, uh, jazz standard number for Frank Sinatra, is such joyful television even though it has a lot of i mean the, the episode is largely centered around a funeral yeah. but it manages to be an episode about how loving and supportive the family is for one oh, another
0: it's, it's so cute i love watching their bond yeah
1: yes and they the episodes in which fraser martin and niles bond are also some of the great ones mm. um like and we mentioned do, the earlier you know yes and a lot of it is over shared hardship a uh, shared a uh, heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that great scene where, right after Niles has is finalizing his divorce, them standing out on the balcony, all mm-hmm. three of them having just gotten out of relationships, realizing that none of them are terribly lucky in love, as it were. Which is a great uh, sort of emotional bonding moment where they mm-hmm. share this this feeling, and Fraser does a great job of that, of turning what should be sad things into comforting things
0: oh yeah there's an early episode because the, the episode where um if they find out that uh, you know they think that martin cheated on their mother but it's revealed that it's the other way around like we we yeah. mentioned earlier in this that's like season one or two it's super early i think but that one. but then martin and fraser bond over like you know like they both had spouses that cheated on them and how
1: mm-hmm.
0: how powerless and, and crappy it made them feel mm-hmm. obviously uh Martin and Hester were able to overcome it where Fraser and Lilith were not yeah um but like it's 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 a genuine human moment and, and a great connection that the two of them have right. um and just uh it, it, there's that stuff that stuff's the reason like I come back to the show I think year after you know not necessarily year after year but like I'll come back to it you know if, after a while <laughs> where it's like not just that it's funny but like it's a genuinely like great and like heartwarming and like you know, it tugs at your, your heartstrings the right way because even when the it's bittersweet or like does kind of want to make you feel bad like it's still really satisfying and compelling television like i think right. it still has like a 97 percent on rotten tomatoes or something should, watch, i've been watching it on peacock and like
1: what, what is wrong like with what those three percent right of
0: people oh there's always those three percent of people
1: i'm gonna find them and write them angry letters
0: for the same reason there's always like three percent of people that are gonna like like batman v superman <laughs> stuff like yes. that.
1: They're um, like 90% of Twitter, but it's 3% of real people.
0: I mean, I'm glad, so glad I never got involved with Twitter. Um speaking of modern things though, I know I think it's finally moving ahead, but they've been talking about doing like yeah. a reboot or like a remake or a reunion or some rething of this for so long. And it's like
1: been like 2 years. Yeah, I do you think, think for, do you think it's something that could come back? I mean, I think it's going to because uh uh something that I, I think about a lot is i i feel like the internet sort of destroyed civilization in a lot of ways yeah um in the sense that we don't have a lot of appointment viewing television anymore hmm. um, we don't have a lot of things that are that are cultural events in the way things used to be when we had significantly more limited options um culture is significantly more fractile it's far more broken up um than it used to be uh so when you get something that's a point of view something like game of thrones where it seems like everybody's watching it that week it's still only getting 11 million people to watch it when fraser was getting you know 18 million a week yeah <laughs> not on the big episodes just on a regular episode
0: oh yeah and then like you see images of like the seinfeld finale where like everyone's watching it in times square stuff like that.
1: yeah people are gathered outdoors to watch yeah. this thing yeah um so they so media companies like to go back to older properties because they know it has a broader base of nostalgia or fandom or whatever so I think it's almost inevitable that things in the pre-internet oh, era come back
0: when I say like when it could come back I don't mean like whether or not like they like NBC or whatever would bring it back but I mean oh. could like that way that it would work I All wanna right. I wanna i could be in this in the this, this sense of being positive because I think it would not I don't think it actually would work. But I think yeah. an angle they could take it is like we don't have John Mahoney anymore. I think um, that's a
1: big that's a big problem. That's a for big that. problem
0: for it now and like I don't want to see this situation where like Niles and Fraser are like complaining about life over his grave. Oh. Uh, but I think a way that it could work is where Fraser and and/ or Niles are in that father position and it's more about like Frederick or whatever Daphne and Niles' kid is about and maybe it's like from a different angle reconnecting that could work i don't know if it would
1: i um, i think that i think one of the i've i've i have thought about this i've talked about this with a number of people because i have a lot of conversations about fraser because i mm. love fraser um that's fine i think i think the only way it really works is if it kind of centers the frederick fraser relationship because yeah. The, the show really, uh, between Cheers, which charted his sort of younger days, and then you get Frasier, which charts him into middle age, and now you essentially have old Frasier. Um, you yeah. have a Frasier that will be older at the start of the show than John Mahoney was supposed to be yeah. at the start of, <laughs> of Frasier, where you've got this significantly older Uh, character and you need to have sort of that connection uh what i would love to see them do Mm -hmm. is to if you if you somehow got most of the old fraser cast back together i would love for daphne and niles's son david Mm -hmm. to become the maris of that show
0: where you just never see him
1: i would like to never see him and for him to just get weirder and weirder and weirder (laughs) as the show goes on to have him be this uh, uh, sort of um, never seen uh, a figure who's uh, uh, just living a bizarre life somewhere else.
0: Like maybe that... he like travels and explores and stuff too. And like, it's yeah. like what weird place he is now. Like, kind of like that uh, the character from Fraggle Rock that sends him a
1: postcard uncle traveling matt yeah
0: exactly I'm, yeah. I'm terrible with names so i'm glad you knew what i was talking about
1: <laughs> um, i i as as an uncle uh, who is uh, named matt i i feel it sense although i don't travel uh yeah. well, especially <laughs> these days
0: uh, <laughs> but I, I i think the frederick fraser relationship would be a good place to go but like i don't know what the angle is going to be because i don't think we yeah. could do like the you couldn't do like he's now a blue collar kind of
1: guy yeah, I I fear
0: so by Lilith. So yeah. <laughs> he's already kind of like a weird, nerdy kid. Like,
1: yeah, I I have a great fear because when it, I have learned over the years that people who are very creative are best at being creative when they are put under severe restrictions. I agree. Uh, um, and I I, I so fear what examples, happens.
0: Yeah, like when yeah, I, like basically any of these car- adult cartoons that come back like family guy Futurama once they're like all right whatever you did works like go nuts it's like never near it's just it's too extreme Not as good. it's it doesn't restrictions force you to be clever right and being clever makes you being memorable
1: yes yeah. yeah and it, it uh, uh like when Arrested Development came back
0: oh yeah that's um,
1: where where Arrested Development was for three seasons it was at the top of its game and then we were all excited for it to come back and they gave them no restrictions. They could make the episode lengths whatever they wanted. They had all these weird things going on. I worry about what an unchecked Kelsey Grammer would do with the show. Yeah, because clearly he's going to have more influence over it than any executive producer than any writer would. Yeah, um, and that and there were significant restrictions placed on that show, not only from the. From the guy, I mean, Kelsey Grammer originally wanted it not to be a spinoff of Cheers. He wanted to play uh, a, a Larry Flint type character who ran a magazine and had been shot, and the nurse was for him, not his father.
0: Yeah, that's uh, so.
1: Yeah, he, he, there was a there's a lot of. If, if we had gone with Kelsey Grammer's version of the show, it gets canceled uh, Six in episodes season one. Two. Yeah. <laughs> uh but
0: they might not I, even I, made a past pilot like
1: yeah i don't know if it i mean it didn't even make it to pilot technically they sort of stepped in and went no we're just going to do fraser and yeah. here's how we're going to do it um so i wonder how uh, uh how it would work if it was sort of unchecked i think that i think that i don't know there, there's a lot of things i foresee going wrong
0: i think um, it's much much more likely to be terrible and embarrassing than it is to be any good
1: yeah from, from what sad. i
0: yeah from what i understand of kelsey grammar at least in in real life i don't want to get too much into like personal stuff like yeah from what i've read in interviews and, and and things he doesn't seem like he's he's a good actor i don't think he's a great like initial idea kind
1: of guy no uh, if and, and, yeah. and kelsey Grammer's had a had a, a very very sad life
0: yeah it, it's I'm not trying to say this stuff to be mean or insulting. No, no, no. Anything.
1: And uh, listen, yeah, yeah
0: it's it comes it's, from a place of love. Like,
1: yes, like I, I, I love Frazier. If I thought there was a way for them to do a Frazier reboot and for it to be really, really good, I would be, I'd be all over that. Um, I, I
0: think maybe if it was like even like movie length, like a special like reunion episode, I don't think yeah, it would work. Great. I don't think it can work as a series again.
1: I don't know if it can. I mean, and they could absolutely. I, I do not discount the ability that they could absolutely prove me wrong. Oh, I would um,
0: love to be proven wrong.
1: Yeah, once upon a time, I, I railed against Heath Ledger being the Joker. And after did that, I? I, uh, we all lost our opinions, uh, our right to be I, definitively I remember, correct about things.
0: I remember when the, we talked about this in the Batman episode we did a couple months ago. Um, with with, the, with that Joker thing specifically, I remember when Dark Knight Rises and they're like, Anne Hath, people were like, Anne Hathaway is Catwoman. is stupid- the
1: best part of that movie.
0: I was like, you know what? I said the same thing about Heath Ledger, and yeah. it's the be- one of the best Batman
1: performances of all time. Yeah, like I, I was like I I'm gonna shut up now. And yeah, I re- I reserve the right to be wrong about this because I have been wrong about stuff like this in the past. It's gonna be a hell of a needle to thread, though. It's yeah, gonna it's gonna be real hard for them to make it to make it work. I do not envy the task.
0: Yeah, I would rather be in the timeline where that does work. Of course, um, I-, I wouldn't relish like that failing in in any way no. but that said like I'm also realistic and I don't I I don't have a lot of faith in it <laughs> um, yeah and so I'm also always of the opinion sometimes like you know like pet cemetery sometimes dead is better <laughs> Some, sometimes these things were great like we got 11 seasons of almost all gold that yeah. is unbelievable yeah. in, in in that's such an incredibly like, that is an accomplishment. Is is yes, um, amazing to everyone involved in, in, in series over the years, yeah. and like you're gonna then maybe like leave a really terrible taste in people's mouths after the fact, like you know like twenty years later, like when nobody, like nobody's begging for this other than probably like Kelsey Grammer, because like what has he been in besides the X Men movies? Like Money Playing. But, uh, like...
1: he's he's tried to get other sitcoms off the ground, yeah. um, none of which are terribly good. Yeah. And all of which he had a greater degree of control over. Yeah. So I mean, things like Back to You, which was a show where he played a, a, a TV anchor, her him and Patricia Heaton mm-hmm. um, from uh, Malcolm the Middle.
0: Oh, I remember this one. I remember that one. Yeah. yeah. Like
1: I mean, yeah, he's done a couple of things like that. Yeah. But they've never super come off well.
0: I mean, his best roles are Frasier, Sideshow Bob, and Beast.
1: Hey. Those are three damn good roles. Perfect
0: beast. I'm so glad he did it and was like in makeup and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, it it worked. uh, uh, If, if that's all you get to do with your career, uh, congratulations. That's, that is, that's still phenomenal work. Yeah. Um, But yeah,
0: at the end of the day, like, cause yeah, including Cheers, like, like that's like 20 years of playing one character. I also can understand, like, I personally would be like, oh my God, I've explored everything I could do with this character. You know I, I'm I'd be kind of done maybe there's like an interesting angle that we're not seeing that you know they are because they they were involved with the show I don't know but um, I still would be incredible uh, accomplishment and I'd be really proud of as I'm sure it's won Emmys over the course of its run I it ha- could not have
1: fear anyway. I, I if if I'm not mistaken it's one of the most awarded shows of all time
0: yeah uh, I, anecdotally that's what i can remember it being um so janeway is also in an up season two-parter of, she- of cheers mm-hmm. talking about some more star trek stuff i also love speaking <laughs> to, speaking of star trek stuff i love that noel is a star trek
1: nerd oh it's fantastic i love that
0: he tries to teach Frazier uh hebrew for Frederick bar mitzvah but he teaches him klingon
1: Klingon instead and yeah. in, as, a, as a form of revenge
0: yeah because he didn't get this william shatner signed thing yes um oh yeah
1: 37 Emmy wins
0: So yeah I was also just looking it up All right <laughs> I was trying I was trying to go to start my Star Trek while well the the stall Um uh,
1: no yeah it's it's the it, it was it was a beloved it was sort of a critical darling when it was on TV it was a uh, uh, I think it's it's incredibly well remembered by people in sort of a comedy industry um, I think it's pretty well remembered by the the general public, although not as beloved as a Friends or The Office or Seinfeld. Um, um
0: yeah. See, to me, to me, it and Seinfeld. I guess because they're contemporaries. Like I put them hand in hand with like the top shows of that era. Um, even though so Flake, different. Yeah, th- it's an apples and oranges thing. And I love both shows. They both greatly affected my sense of uh of humor and like mm-hmm. what I like in in comedy. But I was just going to bring up like I think. I think Frasier's got a timeless quality to it. Like mm-hmm. most, I mean, granted, yes, the, the most dated thing about it is it's a radio show and like, but like essentially like that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> it's a podcast.
1: Yeah. Frasier has a podcast now. Yeah, exactly. Podcast.
0: Like, not that that's what I like, I want the show to be like a joke about, but um, you know, with, with them bringing it back, but like, because I think the show focuses so much on uh, being human, like human relationships um. And, you know, like just the drama of navigating the world, like emotionally, like, I think that's a, a timeless quality that I don't, I think anyone could still, could still watching it into it. Like, I'm amazed, like, um, we have a couple of young people that work at the store and um, see John, I think is 19 now. He just watched Seinfeld for the first time last year during the pandemic. Uh, and I know he loves it. So I was like, oh, okay, that makes me feel better about liking the show. So <laughs> I, like, I, so I kind of want him to to watch Frasier. My my brother's fiance is just watching Seinfeld for the first time and loves it. Um, which was like, we he and I grew up with it, so it's like fun for him. It's fun going back and revisiting it. It's just one. That's one of those shows that like I burned out like on on repeat viewings. Like I haven't mm-hmm. gone back to in a while. So, you know, maybe I'll tackle that after after I'm done with Frasier here. But like, I I don't want to compare them too much. But again. I do think Frasier might be the smarter show. Um, just cause the, yeah. the joke, everything's more layered. It's more focused.
1: Yes. Um, yes. I you think you are gonna get more laughs per minute in a Seinfeld, but I think Frasier is, uh, I think it's a more rewarding show at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, cause, cause Seinfeld, they specifically don't try to like have the characters grow or learn anything. Which yeah. is it's or own, be human. Yeah, which is its own version of comedy that works.
1: Yes, it works for happy. that show.
0: But this show like isn't afraid to play with the characters. And I think that's gonna be its secret to like finding enduring appeal. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it'll outlive us. I like I said, it doesn't have like that 90 plus rating on rotten tomatoes for no reason, you know. No. Um yeah, no. but yeah, so I guess we kind of exhausted most of what we could talk about without just going into Hey, this remember this episode where this happened and this happened. Even though we did some of that, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, is there anything we, you know you wanted to, to bring up that we haven't touched on yet?
1: No, I think I think uh, uh, I think Frasier has, as you said, an enduring appeal. I I recommend it very highly. I'm I'm a I'm an evangelist for this program. I think uh, everybody should watch it um, purely to give me things to talk about and so that the lines when I quote them won't sound just like craziness
0: oh yeah um, or like you're yeah. reading like a book about freud yes <laughs> um
1: yes uh but i think it's i think it's uh, uh fantastic um if you uh, haven't watched the show and you listen to all of this we probably didn't sound uh, totally lucid but it's a show that you should check out
0: and even though we kind of spoiled elements of certain episodes there's so much good stuff that we did not spoil oh, and there's oh, so yes. much good stuff in those episodes we did not spoil so there's still like, yes so if you haven't watched, I, I would say uh, go ahead and watch it. I know our friend Harry's been watching it with his uh his girlfriend, which I don't think he's watched it all the way through
1: before. He hasn't. I recommended it yeah. to him uh, uh quite some time ago, um and he he sputtered and started with it, but it's yeah. uh it's a phenomenal phenomenal television show for yeah. anyone to watch it anytime with any other human beings.
0: Yeah. Well, and for that token, he got me starting watching uh, Taxi because I hadn't seen that since the eighties. Yeah. Oh, um, but so like. Good. The thing that sucks about Taxi is like at least Frasier you can go on Peacock it's free to stream the whole show you just have to watch the occasional like minute commercial break and uh, but like Taxi's just scattershot everywhere with just episodes it's like impossible to find what you're looking for but speaking I of that uh, Christopher I Lloyd's a big part of the Frasier and he never shows up on it you know, I see him as executive producer all the time. Well,
1: it's a different Christopher Lloyd. Is it a
0: different Christopher Lloyd? I wasn't sure. It's a different
1: Christopher Lloyd. All right. uh, it's one of those great confusions where it's it's the other one. Okay. Um, uh, but I I will say I had a ver- very similar problem recently with news radio, where I mm-hmm. ended up just buying all of it on Amazon uh, streaming because it was the only place I could figure out how to get it simply. Yeah. Uh, because it's just nowhere to be found.
0: Yeah, News Radio is another one of those good shows, too. No, it's
1: phenomenal. It's a there's fantastic good,
0: show. There's some good stuff from the, the 80s. and in the 90s. 90s, yeah,
1: it's good times. Um, good times.
0: I just remember it being more like, I guess, again, it's the age thing, because I was a kid in the 90s. But I remember being more like disposable crap that you go back to and watch now, and it's just like, oh, God. Uh, but this this is one of the shows I, I think holds up. No, not, I think this is the show that holds up the best. I'm going to plant my yeah. flag
1: on that. I would, I would agree with that one. I think there's only a couple episodes here and there where there's some tone-deaf stuff as yeah. far as aging goes. Yeah, some there's, of those Dr. Mary episodes, but... Yeah, there, uh, there's
0: one or two things that, like, that come up as like, oh yeah, like that wouldn't fly now. Like uh, I just recently watched Pee-Wee's Big Adventure the other day uh, to record a, a potential commentary track for uh, this, ep- this podcast in case I need a week off. Um... Where it's like, oh, yeah, there's some weird stuff, like Native American stuff in his front yard. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, that makes, like, like, it's just like a bunch of little things like that that kind of, like, stick out to me now.
1: They were more ignorant times. Um, yeah, it, it, but, but, but overall, like, Frazier ages well because it's about the relationships between the characters and not really about them interacting with the rest of the world. It's about this very insular group of people.
0: And when they do, it's not mean spirited. It's more mean spirited yeah. towards like the characters not yeah. getting how these things work.
1: Yeah. Again, they, they are their own worst enemies. They don't need anyone outside antagonizing them. You know, it's kind of the secret. Um, except for Cam Winston.
0: Yeah. It's kind of. The, oh, Cam Winston's great. Uh, it's Cam, one of those things that makes like it's always sunny kind of work. And like that show obviously goes way more into like extremes where it's, but like it's because it's the characters are terrible. And they are the reason that their lives are miserable. Right. Is why they can kind of get into like racism and homophobia and stuff. And like it not.
1: It doesn't hit as hard. It doesn't yeah, hit it, as
0: negative. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, you know, the, they're the bad people. Like you're not supposed right. to like them. So yeah. it's funny and gratifying to watch them be miserable and fail. Yeah. Not that Frazier isn't anywhere near that dark. It is still. Well, yeah. Ultimately, I think the show ends on a very positive note if not ambiguous and I think that's why I wouldn't want to see a, a, a continuation
1: yeah they would have to settle the hash of how the show ends which yeah. is again ambiguous yeah uh, and, I,
0: and I don't want to get into it now and what what I right. think about it because ultimately I hope you do come away from this episode at least curious and you know just again it's free on peacock I would suggest watching it um you can mention like the the couple of episodes we saw. Uh, ski lodge the matchmaker um,
1: yeah uh innkeepers innkeepers uh, a good, innkeepers
0: a good one to start with too yeah like th- those ones if you want to just like dip your toes um otherwise i'd say just jump in you don't need to have watched cheers at all no a couple Anyone of characters do show curious, up people, like they will explain yeah it's it's enough Where like oh you know sam malone showed up uh or you know diane's in it In fact that the first time diane shows up it's kind of funny where uh she has this play and it's very clearly Cheers. And yes. that that as someone who's now watched the show after watching Cheers, it's it I appreciate more of that.
1: Yeah, there I uh never did a full watch of Cheers until I got really into Frasier, mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, I clearly there's some there's some additional information I could get out of watching the the Cheers stuff and Cheers is a great show on on its own I think we've done quite a bit to recommend it on its virtues yeah um, but Frasier I think it's just it's a better show all around uh, oh yeah I I shows. definitely
0: I definitely agree um and I'm and in, in watching Cheers for the first time a couple of years ago I, I I don't think this is my bias talking but I do think you know Frasier and Lilith's characters are my favorite part by the end of the show are my favorite part of it. So oh, yeah. it becomes more of an ensemble like focus yes. rather than just the Sam and Diane thing, which mm-hmm. I do like, but like that's the show moves away from that. Sh- mm-hmm. That's the show I think went on too long. I, I don't really pref- uh, like um, Savick, whatever her name is. Oh.
1: <laughs> um, uh, uh, Rebecca Howe is the name of the character. Yeah, the Kirstie out- Alley is Kirstie what Alley. I was trying to
0: remember. Uh, again, um, so much Star Trek stuff. That's where my brain works. Yeah. Um, Poor Sabic. <laughs> Yeah, which I got to do a Star Trek episode soon. I haven't done one in a while. I try to space them out.
1: I just need <laughs> to figure
0: out. I just need to figure out an angle to do it because, like, I don't want to just complain about the new Star Trek shows because I don't mm. like them. I try to stick on stuff that's positive. Uh, maybe we'll do like you were on the Deep Space Nine episode where we kind of kept it nice and vague. Maybe we'll do one where we get into like specific st- stuff that yeah. we like. <laughs> um, I don't know. We'll we'll see about.
1: Garrick would have done very well on Frasier.
0: Oh yeah, I'd love.
1: Garrick is Garrick Garrick
0: essentially a Space Fraser character. <laughs> he's
1: oh, almost oh. he's almost Gil Chesterton
0: yes. with ridges.
1: Oh man, he romps in the spens and finnies and his boy would show home in sorry. <laughs> um uh it's a good show. It's a good yeah. show people watch Fraser. Fraser, come on. It's Fraser. Yes, it's
0: another great 90s show, you know. Yeah. It's funny and it's got heart. Except that one has spaceships and monsters. Um
1: and there's only one episode of Frasier with spaceships.
0: Which one's that?
1: Uh, the Candidate.
0: Oh yes, 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 yes. Uh, <laughs> all right, watch watch that episode to find out what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, go watch uh, the Candidate.
0: I know what you're. Ta- I I'm thinking like I was like, oh, did he buy Frederick like a, because that is the one where he's trying to get uh he's Christmas shopping for him last minute, and like I see all these the living things brain. Yeah. Well. In the background, there's Super Nintendos and like in box copies of Earthbound. Like, oh man! Scoop that up now; you could resell it and make so. Much <laughs> money. Um, yes. That's one of the things like I stand out, like you know, like working in a video game store for as long as I have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, with that said, we're starting to ramble. Um, yeah, right, not, right. let's, uh, watch it. Recommend it to all of your friends. Um, please let me know what you think of it. I'm I'm I am curious if like someone who's fresh to it now, what the, what their thoughts are. Because like something like this is so embedded in like my comedy DNA, that it's really hard to be objective about it. But I do think that this show is object- like still really funny and holds up. Um, like rewatching it now, it's not like I'm laughing because I remember these things happening. I, although I I very frequently remember every episode almost immediately. Um, uh, I, I I do think it's still stuff is still genuinely funny. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah so i guess with that um we'll end it here thank you so much matt for joining me um
1: always a pleasure
0: um we'll have you back on again soon i know this was a thing that we've been talking about doing for a while yes like i and know hey, it was, it's an old joke yeah um i have other friends that might want to get into it. maybe we'll di- deep dive into some specific episodes or characters um but i think it's a fun overview i think we i think we are we did our job well
1: we did a uh, fine job
0: But yeah so until next time everyone be safe